Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Jay and John. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, how's it going? Hey, doing great, Kyle. Yes, we are. <laughs> it, is, it is in the middle of Halloween madness, so I have already been or my kids have already been to uh, three separate trunk or treats. Yep. Um, which means we already have a lot of candy in the house and it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I did that with our youngest. It was miserable. Uh, the people were just insane there. And it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't like as spread out as it normally is, you know, like when you go to a neighborhood. Yeah. It was just, it's, it was, it's, it was it's, all, it's all right there. Yeah. It's total utter chaos. Yeah. yeah. My son had one at his school and like he, he goes to preschool, so it's not very big. And the parking lot is not very big. There's like, you know, 10 cars just jammed right yeah. up next to each other with 60 kids in this one little space. And it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and it's never it's enough. A, it's never enough for these kids. You know, know. like the trunk or treats became popular during COVID and stuff, because I was like, oh, hey, you don't have to go to neighborhoods. You can, we'll do it in this controlled environment. And then they just kept and, going. And now and it's like, find oh, space. Yeah. yeah. Now we got to keep, now we got to go to, like Kyle said, three trunk or treats and, and yeah. we got to go on Halloween night too. Oh, dude, it's just. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fun though. Like, I mean, yeah. the kids love Halloween. It, it just gets to be a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Did pumpkin carving today. So that was good. Yeah. yeah that's always fun. Um, but uh so you're in yeah. you're still in that age with your kids where like it's all like super exciting still you know like all of it's like amazing like we've got three teenagers and a 12 year old so it's like three teenagers could care less about anything forever now you know they're just stay in their room to play call of duty <laughs> and the 12 year old is like on the cusp like he's almost there where he's like being kind of you know a brat about stuff and but he's still like childlike wonder but also kind of like that teenage mean streak so it's a real it's a real weird place i feel like there's like three stages of the halloween existence yep really four stages um he had to mute because there's no he was gonna go on a whole tangent and then he had to mute (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so there is uh the kid stage um where you're a kid and Halloween is amazing. Yep. There's like once you become a teenager, the the, the holiday just like doesn't exist to you, basically. Um, then you become like a an adult, youngish adult without kids, and then you go to like Halloween parties and stuff, and you're yep. doing Halloween in a in a very different way. And then you become an adult with kids, and then you sort of re-experience it through like the kid, yeah, kid nexus all over again. And then you go as like a, you know, unicorn in a onesie or something like, instead yeah. of. Is that what you're going as? No, that's <laughs> what my wife is going as because my daughter wanted to be a fairy princess. Oh, that's perfect. Um, I am going as a giant cat in a onesie. So, well, you guys really into onesies over there? It's they're cheap and easy. <laughs> uh, so it is what it is. That but makes sense. I couldn't convince my kids to do a Star Wars themed costume. Yeah, that's shame. Yeah, kids having their own minds is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, like I could do like the rebel officer thing, um, yeah. and uh, like I have that costume, I've worn it to 
major tournaments but you know without like supporting characters like a rebel officer costume kind of just looks like yeah it's not star wars right it doesn't it's out of context it doesn't look right yeah so Um, we we had one of our kids he and i always would have like corresponding halloween outfits like he went as indiana jones i went as his dad you know, like I dyed my beard and everything with white, like it's oh, d- okay. Indian Dr. Jones Sr. And then, uh, you know, we've done, I went as J. Jonah Jameson and he went as Spider-Man, you know, like stuff like that. And and so what for a long time we did corresponding, but now he wants to correspond with his friends at school. And, you know, it's not oh. with dad anymore. It dad happens. It's, they turn 16 and start driving and think they rule the world. We were all there. Yep, we were. All right, uh, we are going to talk about Legion today at yeah. some point. Overrated. Eventually. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about Invader League because that has moved from the round robin to the Elim stage, which means that uh, people are getting more, people are getting serious. Mm-hmm. Not that round robin isn't serious, but uh, yeah. more serious. Yeah. Uh, which you can see reflected in the lists that people are bringing. So there, will, we will also have an article up about this, possibly around the same time or before the show goes up. So, um, but uh, so we'll talk about that. We will talk. We had an interesting uh, topic suggestion from one of our listeners about activations. So we'll yep. talk about that. But first, we have housekeeping, and then also I think some news. So yeah. All right, let's do housekeeping. Uh, as usual, you know, if you like this content or the blog that we're about to uh, put out, you could join us on Patreon. We are shipping out. Uh, we're going to ship out Battle Force print and play cards to people who haven't gotten them already, and erratas to other people. If you're listening to this, we still haven't shipped them out. We had a little backup with one of our machines, and I, I got to get that going. But hopefully, in the next week or so, we should be getting those out. So keep an eye out for those, and then. Uh, yeah, you know, join us on the fifthtrooper.com. Use any of our tools. We've got list building tools, stats tools, 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 all kinds of tools. Legionquickguide.com, if you guys haven't checked that out. Uh, that's a quick tool to see all the uh, rules reference guide uh, entries and everything. And then if you want to join our uh, our Legion narrative campaign, we, we have a campaign called Stormtide. It's a monthly campaign that's out right now, season three, and you could start right now in season three. I think that's it for housekeeping today. That was exceptionally efficient. Thanks. Yeah. Quickest um, housekeeping. I'm going to be honest. I told the guys before we started, but I was having a little bit of an allergy attack before we started this podcast. So, like, I'm just trying to keep everything real quick. And my throat, you know, you, you ever do that? Your yeah. throat does that thing. It's it a little you, scratchy. Yeah, and yeah, you're like, like you can itchy. hear yourself like breathing, like because yeah. <laughs> it's all like like a wheeze almost. Yeah, yep. I got that all going on right now. I, I I hate it. Yep, been there. But the show must go on. So here we are. You got you sacrifices. Got yeah, you got some any news for us, Jay? Yeah, so we got a um an email from a listener that with some information that the thought we might want to know, and basically. It was surrounding, you know, I don't know, maybe a month ago at this time or a few weeks. We we had a whole episode about all the things that we reported on that AMG had been messing up. And we had encouraged you, the audience, 
if you had one of these problems to reach out to customer service at Esmeday. And so a customer came back and said, hey, I got a really interesting response, which was basically in a nutshell, you know, their whole, their new um, kind of their new modus operandi is that they say, hey, go back to your store. You got to deal with your local store, return it. Well, this person had an experience where they're just flat out sending them another box. So Asmodee is not the store. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it was. So okay. it's echo based defenders. He didn't have his support tokens. Uh, they he reached out to them. They came back and said, hey, no problem. Usually, you know, basically they said, normally we suggest returning your retailer, but because of this specific circumstances of this, we're going to go ahead and just send you another box, hmm. which is awesome, right? Yeah. Uh, the real interesting part that I found out was they asked to take photos and like detail the nature of what was missing and all of that. And it wasn't to verify the claim. But for our records and to forward on to our production team, manufacturing partners to improve future printings. You think their production and manufacturing is getting in trouble with all the heat? Yes. And Big Daddy Asthma Day is cracking down? Yes. No, I mean, this is good. This is great. Like, this is the kind of robust customer focused experience that I think, you know, we, the Legion community, was hoping for when these quality yeah. issues started popping up. Um, so to hear that people are getting responses period yeah. is great, but also this, like, uh, yeah, we're taking this seriously. We're going to send you another box. Right. Uh, and please take pictures so we can document this and improve this in the future. Like those, those are all, that's all amazing. Um, I heard another similar situation where, you know, the five or first box is missing a lot more than just support tokens, um, among those things like flight stands, um, and, they basically just sent the guy like some free arc trooper boxes, which have yeah. the flight stands in them. Um, so similar, similar situation. Uh, if, okay. so if, if, you, you know, again, if you've got one of these boxes and you haven't sent them an email yet, I would encourage you to do so because it sounds yeah. like you don't have to just settle for not getting shield tokens or right. flight stands or whatever you're missing from the box. Um, you know, you don't have to try and pillage them from other, from other Legion players, uh, co contact customer support. Make yeah. sure that they, they know um, what the deal is. So. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's twofold. I think one, to make you whole, right, as, as a consumer. But also, the it seems, right, I don't know anything more than anybody else, but just being in corporate America and understanding how that works, like, it seems like Asmodee corporate customer service may not have been aware of some of this. And as they're made aware, they can document that and make changes for the future, which is great. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's really encouraging. Hopefully we see more of that sort of thing for for this run. Hopefully in future runs, they're just not missing the tokens or whatever in the first sure. place. But, but you know what? Yeah. They're doing some good. And so, yeah. you know, we want to make sure, you know, we want to make sure that we document that as well. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. Um, all right. Anything else on that? Nope. Make sure make sure you're sending emails people. Um polite polite emails. <laughs> we stressed that in our in our last one, but always yeah. be, always be polite. Be nice. I mean, email if you have an actual problem. Yeah. 
you know, a real problem that customer service can, can do and be super polite about it. Yep. Um, all right. Well, uh, how about we hit the, let's do the activation thing first. Cause I think if we don't get to the invader stuff, we will have an equal opportunity to talk about it next week. So I think we will get that. But right. How do you want uh, to frame this? So how do we want to frame the question? Well, I think this actually comes from two separate, slightly yes. related places. Um, the first was on the QA. Basically, somebody asked if... Uh, it's on our Patreon. We we do every month. We do a live question and answer. You can come on with like, it's usually four to five of us from the Fifth Trooper Network and just ask whatever questions and we answer. Yep. Um, so basically, the question was, should there be an activation cap? And then related, uh, and I, I I don't know if this is the same person or not, but somebody on one of the sh uh, YouTube comments basically posted like, um, what would you do, you know, if you were queen for a day, so to speak, uh, to make low activation lists more viable? So similar. So I'd like for, to correct you, and it's king for a day now. Is it king for yeah? That's right. It is now. Is 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 it supposed to follow the British monarch? Uh... I mean, I think it is, but seeing as most of our li our entire lives has been a queen, I don't know. I feel like it just seems like something you should be doing now. I mean, they changed they changed their national anthem, so why that's not, true. Why not they did. Re I'm, I'm just wondering. I feel like this whole time the phrase has actually been "king for a day," not yeah. "queen for a day." Really? Mm -hmm. Have yeah. I look? I'm There's not even known a song for... called King for a Day by a band I like. Okay. I, I'm not known for correctly. I love how you didn't tell us what band. Uh, euphemisms. You were just like a band I like. <laughs> Pierce the Veil. All right. Thank you. Like now now we can all go and, and look it up too. Yes. Right. Go look it up. Well, <laughs> I'm glad we're clear on that. Um, I think we. I think the overall <laughs> point of the expression is clear. Um, All right, nobody can derail a podcast like Jay, huh? Just... Yep. <laughs> My um, point was now that there's a king, maybe we should say queen for a day and flip it like it was flipped. Always the contrarian. <laughs> can't can't just <laughs> My question has always is just like, is it necessary that it's related specifically to the British monarchy? You know, it's not like That's fair. Are there other monarchies? Yes. There are. That's sarcastic. I feel like that's the one we know the most about, though. Oh, right? like 100, the only yeah. One. yeah. That's definitely true. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so I think this is twofold. Is kind of A, is this a little bit of a solution in search of a problem? And then B, if we hypothetically say that it's not, what change would, would you make uh, as that solution? Yeah. So I know I know you have lots to say on this, Kyle. I'll I just have, say I have this. many opinions. I think the opinion varies depending on the meta we're in. Like if we were asked that when the triple steps, 13 activations, CIS lists were crushing everyone back what about a year ago, year and a half ago or so, we probably would have said, Yeah, maybe there maybe there needs to be a cap, right? You know, but now it seems like things have settled back down to 10 again. So it's like, eh, everything's fine. 
So my opinion is I don't I don't think we need a cap or a minimum, but I think there needs to be a passing mechanism. I don't think it needs to be, but I think the game could benefit from a passing mechanism. And I I don't see anything wrong with how Marvel does it either. Marvel Crisis Protocol. So just to um, for those of you that don't know, the system they use is um, if you have fewer remaining activations than your opponent, then you can pass. Like an unlimited number of times? Yes. So this prevents you from ever being able to go last by passing. Uh, I hate everything about that. But you could get second to last. So you can't... It It doesn't allow you to maintain a or to do a last first kind of shenanigans, but it does keep you in the game. If you're losing, it just keeps it not even really, but it, it gives you more options and the low activation um, armies will still suffer from having fewer actions. Eight activations only has 16 activate 16 actions around like that's still one of their biggest struggles is the limited number of actions, not just the body count. I think I think that's debatable, though, because there are, first of all, not all actions are created equal. Right, no. Um, you know, more expensive units have more valuable actions. Sure. But also, more expensive units tend to have more actions to compensate for that. And particularly, like, force users not, are a great not example. Not objective actions, though. Except, Except Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> um right. But you know, they they could have like free attacks from there's multiple keywords that do that, relentless, steady, um, charge, uh, there's command cards that do that. They could have um other free actions that they get, like, you know, some simple examples are ones that give you free tokens like agile or target or defend or so what bad tactical. do you think will come from seven activation lists being viable? from them being able to pass. So I think for me it's the the fact that activations matter and more specifically that eliminating activations of your opponent matters is I think that's a feature rather than a bug. So of it the matters. alternating activation system there are many ways why it matters, but you're specifically referring to the fact that you get several actions on the back end, several activations on the back end, unreacted to. Yeah, usually not several. Usually it's like one, but yeah. Well, but you're looking to get several. Eventually, by, yeah. By removing a strike team, and now I've got two at the back end. Right. Um. Yeah, I think that's, personally, I view that as a feature, not a bug. Um, the second is, I think that, you know, the fact that we don't have any specific activation cap or activation minimum or really any other like hard rules surrounding activations and the fact that it's kind of naturally settled around 10 is a sign that it's healthy. And Jay brought up the example of 13 activation steps. Uh, I don't think that was good, but that issue I think was resolved through things that have nothing to do specifically with activations. And that was, among other things, like the four-card flip, which made it so that you couldn't force bombing run or breakthrough in the last slot. Um, but also just like points changes. You know, stats went up, uh, B1s went up. And, you know, if 
and then that list archetype kind of went away. You know, you can still run high activation staffs, but it's become like 11 to 12 and it's not nearly as effective as it, as it was during that time period. If indeed it was actually effective during that time period, which I think is itself debatable. Um, but beyond that, you know, you can like, it's legal in the game to run a 14 or 15 or I think, you, I think I saw someone post like a 17 activation list the other day to discord. Like that's a thing you can do, but nobody does because those lists are bad. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the fact that the fact that we've settled like around 10 is just kind of a symptom of how the game works, which is that you need enough actions to do stuff. Uh, but, you know, like if you take too many, then you're not taking meaningful units. Right. And I, th I think I think if you do something like you're suggesting, John, where you just give yourself unlimited passes, if you're down on activations, you essentially make activations not matter for that purpose no um, no because you still have fewer actions sort of but again you still like i'm still only shooting seven times maybe eight because one of uh, one of the units can attack twice but those Yoda. but those seven shots are way more valuable because you have seven more expensive units than you know when you have 10 sure. you've got like a mortar or, or a sniper strike team in there instead of you know six beefy pikes and maul or whatever you're taking or six yeah. six clone troopers and yoda you know um so yeah you, not, you might be making quote unquote less attacks those, but all of your attacks are more effective neither of those have anything to do with the passing mechanism though this is just we we're just talking about the units the quality of units and their attacks versus the quality of these units and their attacks not, none of this addresses the ability to go later well, but I think I think that factors into the cost of a unit, because when you say that a mortar is thirty eight points or a sniper strike team is forty eight points or whatever, um, you're not just pricing that unit's attack. You're also pricing the fact that that unit gives you an extra activation. And I think if I think if you introduced some kind of unlimited pass mechanic, you'd have to kind of reevaluate all of your points costs, because if you're not taking a mortar at thirty eight points if all you're doing with it is throwing three dice a turn, and well, you're it throwing doesn't... three dice a turn, forcing a save probably, and dealing two suppression. And you've got thumbs to do some of the things. Let me put it this way. If you create an unlimited pass mechanic, I'm not taking strike teams and I'm not taking mortars. I'm just not taking those units because they're not I good enough. I still don't see the relation between strike teams. I mean, you're, you're putting you're... out 10 suppression a turn as yeah, opposed but, to seven. But factored into the point cost of a unit like that, is the fact that they're making, you know, because you do take good units in lists like that, they're increasing the value of the good units you take in your list by giving you more timing over when they go. Well, it's also helping you because sabotage the moisture vaporators. You have two cheaper units, less meaningful units to hang back and do the vaporators, while a seven-act list has to spend beefy units doing the vaporators. So uh, any fighting is hampered a lot by that. Or I mean, intercept the transmissions hanging back. Like there are many, many reasons why you might want cheaper activations. Yeah, but you can't discount the fact that one of those reasons is it is. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd have to reevaluate all your points costs if I did that. What if you instead of doing an unlimited passing option, what if you put a number to it? So let's say yeah, so. Uh, like this just th this suggestion has been made. I like this a little better because I think it's similar to what Armada does, um, where 
Uh, I think basically if you start the game with, and correct me or amount of players if I'm wrong, but I would, if something is necessary, I don't think that it is, but if it was, I would strongly prefer something like this. Um, basically, if you start the game with less activations, like say you have nine and your opponent has 10, um, then you get one pass token and you can use that pass token whenever you want. But once you use it, it's gone. It's one-time use. So you use it the most important time, you know, to get to pass, to make up that activation gap. Um, and then it's gone. So it, it mitigates the effect of starting with less activations, but it still sort of embeds the meaningful uh, eliminating activation strategy that is present in every game um, because it's only affected by the, the starting activation count. And it's it's not so far in the direction of like unlimited pass where you have to start like really reevaluating how useful all of your units are um, and waiting too far in the other direction where you're you're providing too much weight to high value units. Um, and I, I think that just sort of elaborating on our previous point, I think the fact that it's settled on 10 is just kind of a symptom of how the, how the game works. And I don't think that's necessarily a problem because like nine is fine, 10 is fine, 11 is fine. There's like a range the only, that's fine. So I, I'm not saying it's necessary to add a passing mechanic, but I think it would enable a lot more units that are currently not viable or a lot more lists too that are not I, viable. I think it would just skew that range further down, but I think you'd still have a range. I think those 11 activation lists, and it's unusual now for people to run 12, but sometimes people run 12. I think those lists would suddenly become bad because the units that you're taking to get to 11 or 12, like mortars and naked B1s and strike teams are just not costed appropriately for that sort of thing. Um, so that's just, that's just me. I, uh, I think this is kind of similar to, you know, if you talk about the idea of an activation gap to like baseball with pitchers on the roster um for a long time in baseball there was a cap of how many pitchers you could have on your roster of 14 and some teams would bring 14 pitchers some teams would bring 13 pitchers um nobody would bring 12 pitchers and that was just that like that's just how baseball works like that's the minimum number of pitchers you need to get yourself through five starters and to get yourself through nine innings um now they've capped the number of pitchers you can have on a roster of 13 and now everyone just brings 13 pitchers <laughs> so you know if if you want less pitchers to be good but if you want people bring in 12 or 11 or 10 pitchers you would just need to make the game shorter right you'd have to make it like seven innings but then if you made it seven innings instead of nine then everybody would just bring 11 pitchers instead of 13 you know even if you had a 13 pitcher cap or whatever so i think i think if you go so far in the other direction and just kind of make them not matter for purposes of uh turn you know going late in the turn um i think that you just take that range which we currently have that's like for a competitive clearly it, like at your kitchen table like if you want to play seven activations that's probably fine um, but for competitive it's that range is kind of nine to eleven i think if you introduce some kind of like artificial uh, devaluation of activations it just changes from 9 to 11 to like 8 to 10 or 7 to 9 um, I don't think you change the fact that there is a range that's competitive I just think the competitive community finds out what that new range is <laughs> basically yeah I would agree Maybe. right 
because I think no matter what you cap it at, like, I mean, where, where, where would you, like, if they were going to cap it, if right, if or if we were going to, let's say we were in charge in your scenario for king of the day, uh, king for the day, you know, you would look at the all the statistics and you'd be like, well, it looks like 10's the number, so I'm going to cap it at 10, right? And it, we're just at the same, roughly the same place. Yeah, I don't, I don't think a cap would change anything, good or bad. Um, yeah, now if they did like a seven activation cap, that'd be ludicrous. But like if they did it, then that would change the game, obviously. Yeah. But... Yeah, and I think I think too a lot of times the I see people wanting something like this is they're like, well, I want to bring Yoda or I want to bring something else. Like I want to bring good units. Like you can still bring those units. You just got to have a, a more balanced list where you're not taking, yeah. you know, like just a bunch of 150 plus point units. You got to have, you got to have variety in your list. You got to have some units that, as you said, do VAPs. And, but when know, it's, when it's tokens. Republic and you take Yoda and you want activations, then that's not, but I think that's a completely so separate problem that has everything to do with how Republic units are costed. Yeah. Sure. Um, because it has not always been a problem for Republic. It's only been a problem since the recent balance patch. Um, when all the Republic units got cost increases. <laughs> right. So I think, I think this is a little bit of a solution in search of a problem. I think if you want to run, you know, if you're a frustrated Republic player right now and you're like, well, I can't make a look. And I'm one of these people, when I play a Republic list, I play nine and I would love to be playing not nine. Um, this is a problem that you can solve with points reductions. There's something too for people at home to keep in mind. Like we get questions like this a lot, or I've seen them on discord or on, on Facebook where something happens to you at your house or at your local game store with like, I don't know, a 12 activation list comes and stomps you or something. Right. Or your buddy is always bringing like a 12 activation CIS list and he's just always beating you and people I think automatically think it's a problem with the game or, or the, or the faction or the, you know, this or that versus it just being a problem with either their friend or the people at the store or just get better. a little echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just better than them. Right. And they just don't know how to deal with that. And they haven't seen the rest of the world, you know, and gone to an event, a major event and seen that most of us are, are 10 activations, you know, it's like the, the, the majority of people. So I think it's too, when you're thinking about this stuff, just, you know, know that if you're only basing it on your experiences at your local store and at your house, it could be different in the wider world. Yep. Speaking of activation counts, should we look at invader league data? See how I did that transition there? So, so smooth. Hundred so percent flawless. This is why we give you natural ending, Jay muting himself. Yep. Um so credit to this data is uh partially to uh Team Relentless and Mbueja. Mbueja. I'm sorry, Ben. I know you personally, you are a friend, and I can never pronounce your online Discord name properly. Um who put all this together kind of manually because Invader doesn't import that well into Legion stats by the nature of what it is. Yeah, they change um, lists so often. And... 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he essentially did this manually. He worked um, to write an article on this with Evan from our blog team, which should be out this week. Uh, so I'm going to pirate from that a little bit for purposes of the show. <laughs> the article will probably be out first. So I suspect this will serve simply as a support discussion for that article rather than a replacement. But um, yeah, so basically what they did is they went and they looked at all the round robin data. They looked at the factions that played in round robin. They looked at the win rates of said factions in round robin. And then they compared them because lists for eliminations were due this weekend to what people are actually bringing for eliminations. So for those that uh, don't closely follow Invader, basically how this works is it is it a... 196 person tournament starts out with a round robin phase where you're essentially separated into six person not essentially you are separated into six person groups which for all intents and purposes is like a six person league um and each of those people in those groups plays every other person so a total of five games and then the top two from each group advance to like a March Madness style elimination bracket, which is the stage that we're now going into. So, um, around Robin, what would you guys guess was the most popular faction? Empire. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably have to say Empire. Yeah, it was Empire. Um, what would you say? A is... lot of buffs recently. Yeah. And new and the lion's share of the new units. Yeah. Um what about least least popular? CIS. Less than Gar? Yeah. I'd say Gar. All right. So I should clarify for purposes of faction, I also mean the faction list also is included as a separate data the point in the shadow. The Shadow Collective, yeah. Shadow oh, Collective. Then Shadow Collective. Shadow Collective less than Gar. I would still say Gar. Yeah, so it was Shadow Collective. Um Empire was 32%, Rebels were 28%, Droids were third at 16%. Pretty big drop off there between the GCW factions and everything else. Uh Republic at 14% and then Shadow Collective at 10%. See, with with it being round robin, I thought maybe Gar would see a little bit more play because like we're about to talk about, you know, people get a little bit crazier with list building in round robin than they do. So you're thinking it's more fun to play yeah. than Shadow Collective? It's fair. I think so. I agree. Shadow Collective is very narrow list building. You have like two options. No, which, there's an... which I'm actually okay with, right? Because it's not a full faction. Right. So. It's yeah, not it's, a faction. It's just yeah. a battle force. But uh, <laughs> the win rates are interesting. Uh, what would you guess had the highest win rate among those five in round robin? I would still guess Empire. Mm-hmm. Win rate. I mean, they're most popular, so that they could suffer from that. I'm still saying Empire, though. You'd say CIS, because they were third. Uh, you're both wrong. You're both close. Um, no, Shadow Collective. Oh. <laughs> okay. So Pretty... the tryhards, the few tryhards that played Shadow Collective, yep. did well with it. Are you Are you ready for this? What would you just guess their win rate? 
Because there's no way you're going to get this. 92%. Okay, nah, that's too high. I'm going like 70. <laughs> All right. Seven zero. John is closer. 67%. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's really high. Jeez. This is the this is a hundred and ninety six players, by the way. So this is now I don't know how many games make up that shit just purely the shadow collective since it was only ten percent of the field, but right. Um I guess we can we can know that. That's a knowable thing, right? About two hundred players. So that's twenty yeah. shadow collective players. That's a hundred games. Yeah. So that's a hundred games. Yeah. Um a little less than 100 games because it's 196. But anyway, okay. you get the idea. Look at you guys doing, man. Yeah, it's, you know, I may not know how to make a video, but mm-hmm. uh, I can do math in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, 67. That is high. Um, you guys were, were on it with the at least the second and third. So the second highest winner it was actually droids, which I was a little surprised by. Probably because there was only... T- 20 shadow collective players or 18 whatever um at 55 percent predator yeah shadow collective is their natural predator and we talked about this last week uh if pikes get nerfed and they do nothing to magna's droid uh spider droids come back stds um e5s's they're just going to be right back where they were yeah um because they're not worse they're just not pikes (laughs) right yeah Uh, blizzard force still just tear them apart though debatable um i don't actually think i mean it depends on what sort of droid list you're running i'm not actually sure that blizzard force is as good into droids as people think it is yeah um but anyway that's a conversation for another time i could be scarred by my by <laughs> me playing the best droid player and possibly in the world uh most recently with blizzard force but um <laughs> we'll uh we'll revisit that conversation after some more vader games uh and then Empire was third at 52%. Big difference between those three. So Shadow Collective Droids and Empire and then Rebels and Gar. Rebels actually only had a 44% win rate and Republic had a 41%. So not great. Oof. Oof. Yeah, I um people on the Discord were thinking perhaps this was uh a lot of people were trying out Din and Old Man Boba with Rebels, okay. uh, like together um yeah and that it wasn't doing that well i i think that's that's entirely possible i um i think empire din is a lot better than i know they're sort of technically the same you know this isn't like ig11 and ig88 i think empire din is better than rebel din for just synergy reasons maybe synergy is the wrong word the way that he fits into the list construction um but also, uh, you know, I, Rebel Boba, I think, is a lot worse than Empire Boba. I'm biased because yeah. I, I love me some Empire no, Boba. No, I agree. But, I agree with that 100%. Um, yep. I, don't think he's, I don't think he's bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's just not Empire Boba. I don't know that he's... I don't know that I take him for his points. But Yeah, like I'd rather have Han, probably. Yeah. For a cheaper. Um. Although Han doesn't have whipcord, so I guess that's to- that's apples to oranges a little bit. But yeah, you need whipcord I mean, when you have. Sorry about the mess. <laughs> similar roles. No, it's really not. <laughs> um. 
Potato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. Potato, orange. Yes. Uh, See how similar they are. They're both anyway. round. Uh, faction advancement rate. I'm not going to actually, that's in the article. I'm not going to go over those because I think that's a little bit of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but I feel like the win rates are more relevant than advancement rates. Uh, okay. So that is an interesting contrast to yeah. what people brought in regional elims. Ooh. So we said the round robin rate for let's just we can do all of them here. So in descending order, Empire 32%, Rebel 28%, Droids 16%, Republic 14%, Shadow Collective 10%. That sounds like the same order, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the I'm just reminding you of the round robin. That's oh okay. It's like yeah. wait. It's, okay. So what what would you guess the most popular uh, elims? Mm, no, I'm gonna go with rebels. Still empire, um, at thirty four percent. Yeah, get out of so here. So it Jay. actually it actually went up from thirty two percent. What would you say the second most popular faction was? not rebels this time shadow shadow really i mean i can't see it being gar or separatist so yeah shadow shadow collective wow 23 percent wow so all the way down at 23 percent it's a huge difference between empire and shadow collective right but up from 10 percent, which is what it was in well yeah yeah robin So people getting serious now. Shadow Collective more than doubles its representation, right? Uh, and then you have Empire, or sorry, Rebels at nineteen percent, significant drop from twenty eight percent. Droids at fourteen percent, and Republic at ten. Wow. Yeah. So um, now, what's interesting is that is just uh, the raw faction representation. So that reflects advancement rates a little bit. So to the extent that, like, say, for example, Shadow Collective was advancing at a higher clip than the other ones, uh, you know, that would also affect if everyone's faction stayed the same, that would reflect their representation percentage. Did right? the fact were the factions locked in? They were not. So okay. um they are locked between so there's actually two parts of ELIMS. There's regional ELIMS. Okay, yeah. And then there's they call it grand finals, but basically um everyone is still separated into regions for uh, this first part of Elims, and then the top four from each like a regional group go to um, like global Elims, basically. And is that and their their faction is locked, but not their list between the two. Correct. Okay. Um, but you could switch factions between round robin and Elims, okay. which lots of people did, which is interesting because this really reflects the bandwagon shifting. Uh, right. And uh, Evan and Ben looked at this also. <laughs> Um, so Shadow Collective went from, uh, as far as what players that made Elims were bringing in, what they played in Round Robin versus what they chose to play in Elims, Shadow Collective went from 15 to 23%. So huge jump there. Empire went from 30 to 34%, also jumped there. Rebel went from 26 to 19 So lots of people made Elims with Rebels that were apparently not satisfied <laughs> with what, the, what they were playing. Uh, same with droids, twenty to fourteen. So a lot of rebel and droid players jump ship to Empire and Shadow Collective. 
Okay. And then Republic stayed almost exactly the same, nine and 10%. So whoever the Republic masochists were in a round robin, <laughs> they stayed uh, diehard Republic fans going into Elam. So um, not surprised. I think that's all very interesting. Okay. Um, the most common archetypes for Elam's. What's let's let's get some guesses. What's your guess on the most common archetype for Elam? Blizzard Force. Iden, or uh, no, Iden's not Blizzard Force, huh? So it's either Iden or Blizzard Force. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Blizzard Force though. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe maybe Boba did. Uh, Empire Rebel. Empire. Yeah, so Jay is Jay is, has it really? not specifically Boba Din, but just generally speaking, Imperial Double Bounty. Um, because we oh. did get the IG command cards previewed, and in fact, uh, IGs came out this past weekend, like physically. I just put Din together actually, like 30 minutes ago. Um, an hour ago, and uh, yeah, so Empire Double Bounty, sort of generically. Which you know could include either IGs, Din, Boba, Bosk, or Cabane. That's a lot of things. Um, yeah, yeah. Not all of those, but two of those in some combination. And then the second most popular archetype was Empire Single Bounty, and more specifically Empire Boba Fett, who seems to be the most popular single bounty hunter. Okay. Not surprising. I think he's probably the best one. So, yeah, um, yeah. Not shocked. Which is nice canonically you know he's the best uh the second most common archetype was some version of pike spam so that includes mall pikes for shadow collective that also includes for republic anakin pikes <laughs> so i don't know I, I don't know if you can quite call that pike spam but the most republic yeah. the most popular republic archetype by far was anakin pikes okay um so uh, there was actually. So you said Blizzard Force, John. Uh, yeah. How many total Blizzard Force would you say? Well, um, now that it's like third down the list, how many total people do we have? Uh, that uh, is a good question. Because yeah. we had one ninety-six, two fifths went on. Or no, two six, a third went on. So sixty-seven. 60, yeah, sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Um. Yeah, how did that? Happen? Anyways, um, and a third of them, so twenty. So, wow. Uh, maybe only like six Blizzard Force. Okay. I'm gonna say. What did you say, John? Six. Six. Three. Yep, three. Three? There's there's only three Blizzard Forests for you. Oh, what? take that, Mr. What, Matt. you want a cookie? And two of them two yeah. of them work for Thrift Trooper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One, one of them is me. Uh, the other one is Evan Paul. That's funny. Um, <laughs> oh, he switched away from Shadow Collective to... Yeah, he uh, he will openly Blizzard say Force. that he copied my Blizzard Force list. And nice. I will openly say that I copied Finn's Blizzard Force list, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
yeah I, it's really good i don't know why other people aren't taking it maybe people are scared yeah. to run bikes i don't know i was kind of scared to run bikes i put it on the table and i was like why haven't i been doing this the whole time four bikes yeah it's operative or commander vader operative I don't know, give me that look they're both <laughs> viable they're both viable yeah I, I just think it's funny that the best Blizzard Force list is the extremely iconic Haas-themed pairing of speeder bikes, <laughs> um, a made-up Stormtrooper unit, and the version of Vader that is supposed to be the early, uh, immediate post-Clone Wars version of him hunting Jedi. <laughs> yeah. None of which, as far as I know, were actually participating in the Battle of Hoth. Um, no. <laughs> I've seen... I've seen images of like AT-ATs with speeder bikes in them, but they're certainly not actually in the movie. Right. Um, anyway, it is what it is. It's a, it's an amazing list. I don't know what else to say about it. I uh, There's that um, GIF. GIF, right? Yes. Am I gonna, yeah. Okay. I, I say, I always say GIF in my head. It's like not peanut, a peanut butter. butter. Nope. Um, there's, a, there's that GIF of the, you know, it's the guy presenting a piece of paper that says, this just says I can do what I want. Um, I feel like that's what Blizzard Force is. I don't know. Just hmm. It's valid. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, yeah. So lots of lots of pikes, lots of bounty hunters, lots of... Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, lots of that in Elans once people are getting serious. So... Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Very Lots of high velocity to counter all the bikes. <laughs> yep. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I think Legion is actually overall not that far off from being like in a super good place. Um, I don't think changes would have to be that drastic. And I think that it, they're pretty obvious where you need to make them. So, yeah. Let's hope the big people upstairs see that too. God? Yes. <laughs> Big man upstairs. <laughs> There's a great uh I'm I'm fairly certain it's some kind of comedy sketch, but it's the tip of like the standard quarterback interview in post game. Um and uh those interviews are so ridiculous to begin with. But he's basically <laughs> like um you know like, like he's he's always he, he, just like he's right about to list God as you know like you know, and yeah. I'd like to thank the big man upstairs, uh, the announcer, you know, and like, all the it's, cliche, it's someone like, else. Yeah, openings, yeah. but then goes to yeah, yeah. pivots. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen that one. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Not that. Uh. AMG. <laughs> <laughs> um. Which. Uh. I feel like they probably are at least paying attention <laughs> to. I mean, we'll see. Crossing my fingers. They've said they've openly said they're working on a points update. So. Insert joke here. I know about how God would be more effective <laughs> than they would be. At well, undoubtedly, it. Jay. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, my thoughts and prayers are with AMG. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we certainly wandered. Uh, I need a good list by packs. In this one. Um, yeah, I don't know what to like. Part of me is like, I don't. I think that I own one speeder bike because I bought a significant portion of my, and by that I mean literally one speeder bike, not two speeder bike models. 
um because i bought a significant portion of my car empire collection unpainted but like secondhand from mm. a local guy and it was basically piecemeal like i don't know what i have here's a bunch of stuff in plastic bags um and so far i've located one single speeder bike so i'm like should i buy some speeder bikes but then if blizzard force gets nerfed before the next time i am playing which is probably lvo like yeah. is that going to be a waste I don't lvo know. is around the corner i know Got three months really it's yeah because it's right. end of january man i i'm afraid to buy speeder bikes and start painting them but i feel like i might yeah. have to i also would have to paint some storms because my current empire list construction is slightly different and get has... the speeder bikes as a christmas present that's about good time to decide oh it's not a matter of cost it's just like no but that's when you do it yeah do i really like... want to paint yeah slash have more boxes of legion things in my <laughs> relatively small house mm. um <laughs> i still have like unassembled stuff that like I have magna guards that i haven't put together yet you know i've got staps that i've painted but or not painted i've put together in prime but not fully painted same with an aat um i have a lot of crap that is just like sitting around <laughs> all these i have all these rebel dlts right here that have been right on my short list to paint that i haven't needed yet for a tournament that's my problem is like i don't actually get to painting something until i actually need it for a tournament uh so i have a lot of things that end up being like half painted i have a half understandable this is a half painted bosque um yeah so yeah i get that it's a great way to, or it's a great reason to participate in tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got my Boba Fett. Well, I didn't even own Boba Fett. Yeah, I didn't oh. even own him for the first three oh, years wow. of the game. And I, I bought him right before Nova opened and painted him. <laughs> I don't have Boba. I don't yeah. think so. Nah. I do. Just because I was mostly playing Empire for a while. Yeah. yeah. I refuse. You won't make me play the best faction in the game. <laughs> you can't. And that's an interesting question. Is Empire the best faction in the game? Right now, yes. Or is it simply the most diverse? Uh, it's or both. I think both. I don't know. But I best is strong. it has the most viable lists. Best is a strong word. Well, then what popular, would it be? Popular. If, if one of them has to be the best, what would it be? One of and them. Why, uh, and why okay. better than Empire? If I was like, if I, if World was tomorrow, what would you bring? Basically, yeah. and you had no restrictions about. Yeah. Models. Everything's painted. Personal you shame own, or anything. And you own eight bikes. I'd... Hmm. <laughs> I'd probably bring Iden Boba. So I think I'm agreeing with you. I might even detract and go to Imperial if it was tomorrow. Hmm. Figure out how to play it in the first two games. I, I think I think it would be a tough choice between some version of Iden Boba, possibly with IG88. I need I haven't tried that yet, but I need to. Um Blizzard Force or just Maul Shadow Collective with Pikes. 
It'd be one. It would definitely be one of those three. That would be the list. It would just be which of those choosing between them. Um. Hmm. So yeah, I think I think that's me agreeing with you, John. Yeah. CJ, it takes me a long time to agree with anybody, not just you. Yeah, I noticed you. This do is the first time people. he's agreed with me all night so yeah. far. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I guess. Maybe, maybe, maybe they are the best by like a little bit. I just don't feel like. What do you think comes close? That's the problem. I think there's viable lists in each. For each faction. that Viable, but better. Not same. I don't you... know about better. Well, here's an interesting counterpoint. You know what list scares me the most as Blizzard Force? What's that? Anakin. Hmm. Why? Because um, the thing that Anakin Padme Pikes is best at is mitigating like all at once big hits. And that's what Blizzard Force is. Uh, like, especially if they have Overwatch, because, you know, clearly you have those heavy response troopers, but they're not stripping Padme standbys. And the they're not damaging anything through all those dodges. So, you know, your bikes operate at range three, like your bikes are going to get slapped by an overwatch. Yeah. But beyond that, um, you know, blizzard force is all about like delivering. It's not like the firepower and blizzard force is more than other lists. It's just much more concentrated. Uh, so it's all about delivering like all of that firepower in a very concentrated way to one thing. Um, and Anakin Padme Pikes is really good at just being like, all right, fine. Uh, you know, you, you hit slapped me with this big attack. I'm going to just spend four dodges <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I'm going to spend two dodges and roll one red surging save. Um, and then they slap you back, slap your vulnerable bikes back with an overwatch shot or a fire support shot or whatever. So, um, yeah, just personally, as someone that has been recently playing Blizzard Force, the thing that I'm most scared of is, in fact, a Republic list. Hmm. So, yeah, I think I think to your point, Jay, there is every faction has at least one thing that's scary. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate that in Republic's case, they're reliant on Pikes and yeah. Anakin for that. Um, not that I mean, don't get me wrong, Anakin is super iconic for Republic. That part is fine. But um, my my hope with like a points update is that if they do nerf pikes, which I think is, you know, at least some kind of points increase is reasonable, um, that the clones also get some decreases because right now the success of Republic is being propped up by, other than Shadow Collective, probably getting the most use out of the best core unit in the game. Um, because of how they, you know, Republic shares tokens and interacts with dodges and all that. So, um, yeah. Hmm. I'd be super sad if people look at the Republic results recently where they've been using Pikes and be like, see, Republic is fine. And then Pikes get nerfed without any cuts to clones or anything like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty awful. Yeah. And very possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
and then people joke about like the phrase of like you know clones know what they did um but like they're still in timeout from Rexstar. Mm. like there are a lot of people that are still very scarred from Rexstar, which i get like that was you know not a pleasant experience to play against a list like that but yeah. um i think it overlooks the fact that you know they could actually be legitimately in need of at least some point reductions <laughs> absolutely but mm. anyway small point reductions yeah 10 points each everything that would not be small <laughs> <laughs> all right all right we'll go with nine okay <laughs> compromise. compromise at nine yes um like <laughs> negotiating with little kids is really funny because it takes them a while to get to the point where they actually understand the direction you're supposed to go <laughs> so, for a long time i'd be like all right kids you know uh 10 minutes to bedtime and they'd be like no eight <laughs> i'd be like yeah, yeah all right, right. yeah <laughs> all right twist my arm yeah fine all you right. win yeah <laughs> my daughter at least has started negotiating in the correct direction but <laughs> Nice while it lasted. It was. Um, <laughs> all right. You guys got any any other thoughts about anything? I got lots of thoughts about everything, but not right now. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm good. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Then. Uh, mm-hmm. We are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Jay. I'm John Bushfax Bushman. Stay fresh, Cheesebacks. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. 